Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry. Only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands. All hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers to Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Yes, Harry McGurdy can dress better than me. We are talking all <laughs> things League Two at the PFA Virtu Motors Fans Player of the Year end of season event. Kenzie, that is a mouthful. Yes, that is, but you did it very well. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> Our nominees for League Two, Dom Telford at Newport County, Matty Stevens of Forest Green Rovers, Mitchell Pinnock, Northampton Town, Harry McGurdy, aforementioned from Swindon Town, Kane Wilson and Jamil Matt from Forest Green Rovers. We welcome Gabe Sutton from the EFL Debate Show. I've just learned you're a Blues fan, so we'll keep our distance. Uh, Ollie Smith from the FGR Pod and Charles from It's All Cobblers to Me. And Kenzie Benali, how are you doing? Hello, I'm very good. I'm very excited. I mean, some brilliant players that we're about to be talking about. Yeah, we've got three big hitters in the middle here as well. We have to start, Ollie, with you and Rob Edwards. He was your manager and now he's not. What, what yeah. happened? Well, I feel, I feel emotionally drained. It's been a roller coaster over the last few days. On, um, you know, four days ago, I was on the pitch at Mansfield celebrating with Rob Edwards and the team winning the title. And now he's off to Watford and he's, he's abandoned us. But, yeah, you, you know, it's a lot of controversy around the move, but we can't stand in his way. It's been a brilliant season at Forest Green. He's a great manager. And a move like Watford is an incredible opportunity for Rob and Richie Carlis assistant. But at Forest Green, you know, we have to remember we're going to be a League One club next season. We're, in, we're still in a great place. We've kept Richard Hughes, the director of football, who was set to go to Portsmouth, actually, but we managed to keep him. And yeah, we're still in a very good place, a brilliant season. Where do we go from now? Who knows? I think you're being very kind to the manager because I really, <laughs> I like the quotes from your owner, Dale Vince. He said, it takes a bit of a shine off the promotion, but also if there's karma in football, you might just meet in the championship. So 
Do you think that's a possibility? Well, Do you see that. Um, you know, Dale Vince has publicly said he wants to get to the championship eventually with Forest Green. But uh, to talk about the comments from Dale Vince there, he's always been very outspoken, especially on Twitter, about everything to do with Forest Green. But the incident with Robin Watford, I think, has really quite annoyed him because um, in a press conference quite recently, Rob said, oh, I'm definitely going to be here next year, definitely in League One. Um, and then, you know, I think the day after the club's promotion party, he's off to, to Watford. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that's how football works these days. Um, it's not nice to see. I think that the best way to have dealt with the situation would have been, you know, an open letter to the fans saying, uh, look, we've had a brilliant season. I can't turn down this opportunity. But unfortunately, it's, it's not gone that way. And a lot of the Forest Green fan base have turned against him, which is crazy because a few days ago, he was our hero. Ollie, uh, you're waiting for the... Well, you're waiting for the letter, Rob. We'll tell him now. Uh, Gay, what do you make of all this? I think that you've got to take into perspective how big an opportunity this is for Rob Edwards because not only is it a chance to work in a higher division than Forest Green next season, it's an opportunity potentially to get into the Premier League the following season and pit his wits against uh, Jurgen Klopp and Pep Guardiola. Would he have got that opportunity if he hadn't uh, sort of had those conversations uh, privately? Um, We'll never know the answer to that question. So I certainly have a certain amount of sympathy for Rob Edwards with the way he's gone about things, but I can understand why Dale Vince isn't happy either. Charles? Oh, well, they can have him back in October, can't they, when he gets back? <laughs> I was going to say, what, Watford's track record. Yeah, yeah, he won't be there at Christmas. So, I mean, Dale can have his manager back then, can't he, Ollie? Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ollie, I, I want to talk to you about the season as a whole then, because it was incredible. I imagine from a fan's perspective, I mean, you're just on top of the world, really. I mean, 19 games unbeaten, obviously deserving champions. Tell us how you're feeling after such a great campaign and uh, what it was like watching them throughout the year. Well, it's, it's going to be crazy in, in League One next season, playing against teams like Portsmouth, Ipswich, Sheffield Wednesday. You know, at the new lawn at Forest Green, we average just under 3,000 supporters. So it's a, it's a massive step up. And, um, you know, going into the season, expectations weren't that high with uh, Rob Edwards just taking over. You know, we knew we had a, g- a good squad at Forest Green, but when you get a new manager, there's always that period of transition. But we really started off re- really well. And, you know... I think it was 10 points clear at the end of January, start of February. And we did have a bit of a wobble towards the end of the season, but we managed to get over the line. And, you know, I think we've been the best team in, in the league this far by, by quite some distance. Well, that's it, isn't it? I think just how good you have been. And, and Ollie said it there, Gabe. I mean, 10 points clear at the start of February is really something. Were you ever in doubt it was going to go this way? I wasn't in doubt. I I think that um, Forest Green aren't probably uniformly popular with the rest of the EFL community. So I think, and Ollie's (laughs) laughing at it there. So I think think for a lot of people, like there was that feeling of, oh, are they going to bottle it? But I I never felt like that was was going to happen. And although... Forest Green haven't finished the season convincingly as such. I think it was four, four wins in 17. For two-thirds of the campaign, no-one's been anywhere near them, Kenzie. So, in a way, I'm quite glad that that's been reflected in the end-of-season table. Yeah, the, the way Gabe said nobody likes Forest Green, though. <laughs> I didn't say <laughs> nobody likes so, Forest Green. It was so lovely and polite, wasn't nobody it? Nobody likes Villa, that's what it is. <laughs> and, and the arms crossed made it even more intimidating, actually. Um, Charles, what were your thoughts on that? Uh, in Gabe's words, did you, uh, did you ever think they were going to bottle it? I thought they had bottled it, in fairness. When Exeter went above you in the league at our place, yeah. thanks to that one-all draw, I, I, I couldn't see Port Vale that beat, Man- uh, beat uh, Exeter on the last day of the yeah. season, which essentially gave you the title back. I mean, it was yours to lose. Yeah, it was. So it's, for you, I'm glad that 
you know, you did get it there because how awful would that have been yeah. all season being like, look at us, we're amazing. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you throw it away at the end. But there was definitely an element of, of what Gab was saying that essentially I was laughing. So, you know. <laughs> Charles, do you want to talk about Bristol Rovers? No, I don't want to talk about Bristol Rovers or Scunthorpe United. No. Unfortunately, no, Gabe was there. going to say something there, so we'll give you a quick breather. Well, I think, I think the league team promotion race last season was wide open. And I think that's one of the reasons why Forest Green were able to win the title in the end, despite not finishing the season in the best of form, because Bristol Rovers were able to, they were in the bottom half around December time, and they still won automatic promotion, a little bit like Bolton the year before. So what I've loved about League Two this season is it's just been so open in terms of that promotion race and you've never really been able to tell what's going to happen from one week to the next and let's hope for more next season. So Bristol Rovers, <laughs> 7 nil against Scumthorpe. Poor old Owen Foster, who was in goal for Scumthorpe. Every time Rovers scored, he tried to keep the ball away from them. He was getting kicked left, right and centre. But were you watching that game live? How were the emotions that day? No, well, I was in Barrow at, at that time. <laughs> Basically, got to half-time, I was like, we're up, that's absolutely fine. I went into that game, into that day, thinking, we've just got to win. There's no way that Bristol Rovers are going to overturn a five-goal deficit in the goal difference stakes. There's no way that's going to happen. So, we went 3-0 up within 25 minutes, something like that. I was, I was like, I was in League One. You know, <laughs> I, I was there. I was already getting my Pompey ticket, getting my Sunderland ticket. It was all happening. And then... Yeah, Barrow scored, I think Josh Kay scored there. Their consolation, as it turned out to be. And then opened up his PayPal account to the world. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, we just started seeing on, you know, Twitter and, and, you know, the app saying that another goal was going in at the Mem. Another goal. And it got to 5-0 at the Memorial and I just went, this is happening, isn't it? I can't believe they're going to get seven here. And within, what, 10 minutes, there was a pitch invasion. You know, they just thought, we'll just have a breather. We'll be all right. We'll have a breather, lads, and we'll, we'll sort that out. And then we'll go back and we'll, we'll finish it off after Northampton have finished their game. Um, yeah, I, 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 look, that, that day I was fuming. I was upset. I was angry. Uh, but, you know, I can't control what Bristol Rovers do. I can't control what team Keith Hill decides is his strongest team to put out on the last day of the season. Well, that was the interesting talk. Was it seven teenagers... By Scumthorpe. Yeah, what I, did you make of that? I don't know the exact amount. I know that... I don't want to add to this whole narrative that the cobblers are, like, really, really unhappy and are making formal complaints, because it's not true. We spoke to the EFL about, well, hang on a minute, your rules are a little bit flimsy here. Is this fair? Should this ever happen again? I think was the conversation that our chairman had with the EFL. Um, at the time, I was going, this is absolutely bang out of order, this is dreadful. They did play mostly that same team for their last three games. So it wasn't quite like they just went, the last game, we'll throw it and we'll let Bristol Rovers win promotion. I'm not suggesting that they did that whatsoever. But to put a 17-year-old first-year scholar in goal and then release him, the poor guy. I mean, he's just been left on the scrap heap completely. He's never going to get picked up by another league club, probably because all his showreel is going to be is picking the ball out the net seven times. But you're not bitter. Not bitter. <laughs> have a drink. Have a drink. Have a, have a water. Ollie, do you want to tell Charles what it's like to be a League One club? You've still got the playoffs, Charles. <laughs> oh, oh, hang on a minute. <laughs> this is going to get a bit feisty here, I he's think. He's on your end. <laughs> oh, my word. 
Um, well, listen, should we get into kind of talking specifically about some of the players? Uh, Ollie, I want to put this one to you. Let's talk about Carl Wilson. Um, I mean, what a player he is. Um, someone who's really thrived under Edwards, uh, obviously voted uh, League Two Player of the Year at the EFL Awards. I mean, how much has he impressed you this year? Wow, Kane Wilson has been amazing this season. So instrumental to, to our success. And, you know, I was speaking earlier and saying that he could easily follow Rob Edwards to Watford. He's got that talent. Mm. I think, you know, he's in negotiations with Forest Green at the moment. But let's be honest, he's, he's not going to stay at Forest Green. Championship is, is where he can play. He's got that talent. And it's, it's been a journey for Kane Wilson because last season he struggled to get into our team. He, he was the first to admit that it was a bit part season. He struggled with injuries, but... He couldn't get in the side over Jaden Richardson on, on loan from um, from Nottingham Forest. Whereas this season, I think he's really benefited from uh, Rob Edwards and his great management skills because he's been given sort of plenty of confidence and belief to just play his game. Um, he's been unleashed down there on the right hand side. Um, you know, he can nutmeg a mermaid. He, he's, so, he's, so, he's so good. <laughs> I've never heard that before. That is the phrase of the day already. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. Uh, well, Charles, what do you think on this then? Uh, because as Ollie said, uh, Kane likely to go. I mean, they're saying yeah. talks are ongoing, but I mean, he's so capable of, you know, high league one football or indeed championship football. Yeah. What does the future hold for him, do you think? Yeah, I think he's got a good, good future with him. I mean, it's so, like, Gab will know this, League Two... League One to an extent is so funny in terms of the players because, as Ollie said, one season they can be nowhere and not even in the team, and then all of a sudden they'll go and something clicks. Whether it's the manager that comes in or the other players around them, and he's he's had a fantastic season. There's no denying it. He's been absolutely brilliant. Um, I think it's always a shame when you're supporting a lower league club yeah. when that happens almost because you want to enjoy it for as long as you can do, knowing full well that they're going to be gone at the end of that season, mm. more than likely. So you, you're kind of always preparing yourself for the inevitability that they're going to move on, which is a shame. But, I mean, you have to enjoy them while they're, while they're there, which I think you have done, in yes, fairness. Yes, definitely, yes. Um, but he's a fantastic talent, and I, I agree with you. I think he'll play championship. Gab, what's your thoughts on that? Do you think he'll be heading to the championship next season? I think he could be good enough for the championship. I, I think that probably League One, in my opinion, would be the more natural step. Or if he does go to the championship, probably a team that would maybe allow for a little bit of inconsistency because it is such a big step up. And he has had one really good season after maybe struggling a little bit to kind of make his mark. So for me, going to Watford, where you're going to be expected to finish in the top six next season and have that consistency, I feel like that might be too much too soon for Kane. But I think if he gets a, a good League One move, like somewhere like an Ipswich, Switch or something like that, I think he could really thrive. Not Mega Mermaid. I'm, st I'm, st I'm st <laughs> still, still on that. Yeah. That's going to be circling still for a that. while. <laughs> <laughs> Gab, I'll stay with you. Newport County's Don Telford, 25 goals in 37 games, but his contract's up. Do you think he's going to re-sign? It's a really good question. I think he will get offers um, elsewhere. Um, but I think he's benefited a lot from playing under James Rybury because um, he's a, a really talented coach that Newport County have poached from Cardiff City, just down the road from there. And uh, he's got a very good reputation at youth level and he gets his teams playing really quick, really attractive football. And there's a, a sort of an emphasis on creating lots of high quality clear cut chances, which I think is a system where Dom Telford has benefited from. And if you put him on his own at top in a long ball side, he's probably not going to have as much joy 
enjoy. So I think that he's had a really good season, yes, and 25 goals is a fantastic uh, output, but I think it's the system as well. And it's similar with, with Matt Stevens, I think, at Forest Green. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Ollie, no one scored 20 or more goals for Newport since 1984. Wow. So <laughs> <laughs> that's good news for Newport fans. Um, but was this the season of his life? Is this a one-off or not? Well, as a Forest Green fan, no offence to Tom Telford, but I hadn't heard of him before this season. And, you know, we, we managed to keep him, him quiet when, when we played Newport County, but he's really been on fire this season. The goals just keep on coming in. And, you know, when you, when you see him in the flesh, he's, he's quite a small player he's like I reckon five foot four in height so you know it's, it's difficult you don't get those players in, in league two it's quite a physical league so he's done really well to get the amount of goals he has but in my opinion if Matty Stevens had stayed fit he would have picked him to the golden boot <laughs> just um, just another point on Telford though his best seasons tend to come as part of a front two which I think is one to look out for because he played for Berry under Ryan Lowe who also likes well he likes a 3-5-2 Robery is more of a 4-4-2 diamond guy but um, I think expansive teams which play with two up top really going to work for Dom Telford I think Back to you, Kenzie. Thank you very much. Oh, I love that little throw. Um, let's talk Jamil Matt, shall we? Um, again, just an outstanding player. Um, talisman for Forest Green, really. Um, I mean, he registered 19 goals and 10 assists. And, and what a lovely partnership, by the way, that he developed with Stevens up top. Um, how key was he to the success of the team this season? Massive. Jamil Matt is massive for, for Forest Green Rovers. We, we saw it last season when he when he broke his hand against Bolton that we completely dropped off um, after he departed the team, just because there's nobody quite like that in, in the squad. And, you know, you can't get players like Jamil Matt who are happily going to come and sit on the bench to fill in for him. And I think this season it's basically been more of the same. He's been scoring plenty of goals. He Even when he doesn't score goals, he's so influential to the team. He holds the ball up well. And he's really benefited from Kane Wilson and Nicky Cadden out wide in their deliveries this season because a lot of his goals have been headers or tapping just inside the box and you know I'm so glad that he, he's committed his future for next season at Forest Green and he, you know he's a fan favourite and I think we're going to need him if we're going to stay up in, in League One. Yeah absolutely and, and I mean you said it there but Charles he's kind of been contributing not only with the goals but in all areas of the pitch that work rate is is so important isn't it? Yeah I mean I think we tried to sign him maybe four or five years ago something like that um, didn't happen, obviously, um, and now we regret that massively, probably. But he, every time I've seen him play, he's been a real force for the whole team and, and been a focal point for them. And I, I, you know, I'm glad to sort of hear because with the, all the players that we've sort of talked about, there's always going to be that element that they'll move on mm -hmm. and they'll go away uh, from the club that they've had success with. And, and for a footballer, that's probably quite a tough decision to make. You know, it's a short career. They've not got long. They're not earning millions at this level. So they've still only got maybe 10 to 15 years where they can make enough money for them to then have the rest of their life as easy as it can be. So do you want to take all the money that you can possibly get? Definitely. But at the same time, you obviously want to enjoy your football. You want to be playing as best as you possibly can. And sometimes, and we've seen it before with players, that they move on after having one really good season from a different club, get a big move, and then flatter to deceive and they don't do it. James Norwood with Ipswich, for example, sure. goes from Tranmere having scored and set League to a light, 
it goes and does absolutely nothing with it. So I, I just just continuing on the Jamil Matt theme, I'd, um, following on from Charles's point about some players doing well at one club but not on another, and how the system works for you. What really impresses me about Jamil Matt Kenzie is that he's been able to play well in different systems. So mm. a few seasons ago, he was playing for Newport when they reached the playoffs, and that was in quite a direct side alongside uh, Porik Amund. And then for Forest Green Rovers, it's more of a possession side where it's about getting the wing backs high up the pitch and more uh, more building the play that way so I think that shows that he's quite a multi-purpose striker he's got that physicality and height but he can join in uh, with the link-up play as well so I think he's a complete centre forward at this level and he's proven that time and time again well next up Mitch Pinnock I'll come to you Charles <laughs> such a tricky guy for a tall player he's really good on the ball nine goals 13 assists a fun watch Looking ahead to this video we're going to be doing, he's probably my favourite to watch. Just slippery player, right? He's, he's great. And I'll, I'll be honest straight away, his dad's brilliant as well. So we met him on the way to Barrow on the train. His dad had done a little song. I think, I think the football club had asked the, uh, the, the players' parents to do good luck messages. And uh, Mitch's dad did a little song, got his guitar out. Oh. The Mitchie pins a cobbler and uh, he's going up. It was great. And then he was on the train and I just thought, I'll have to go and introduce myself, say hello. Got a little picture. Lovely bloke. I can't believe how good this guy is. I mean, having come down from Scotland, like most of our players did at the start of this season, for some reason, uh, we all kind of were like, why are we signing players from Scotland? Scotland's not great. Sorry, there's my issue with Scottish football. Um, and you're coming in, what are you going to do? And yet he's actually set our team on fire he's you know nicknamed the postman he'll basically always deliver he'll put it <laughs> posted that stamp it always, yeah. but he'll, he'll get it in there <laughs> yeah well I, you know I'm not going to just steal other people's lines <laughs> not like that it's still a good line yeah. it's still a good line but yeah but yeah I, I, I can't you know our, our team this season has been full of players that have come in and have really turned us around you know we had such a disappointment last year in getting relegated in the manner that we did obviously we couldn't be there at all for our league one campaign last year that was hard um it would have been harder if you were there to be fair probably <laughs> mate yeah it probably would have been harder being there but you know uh, we we sort of at that point now where we've had these players Pinnock Liam Roberts as well who I'm astounded isn't up for this is essentially because he's a goalkeeper. I think he's been hard done by there. Twenty-one clean sheets, and he doesn't get a look in. Mad. But um, talk to the talk I will to the guys do. behind the camera. I will do. I'll be, I'll be going and chatting to him and saying this isn't on. Give him a car. Give him a car. That'll do it. Um, but yeah, I think Mitch Pinnock, the way he is and the way that he's connected with the fans as well, has been absolutely brilliant. I just wanted to ask Gab quickly, as he played forty-six games as well. How hard is that to do in League Two? Especially for an attacking player as well, because normally for a defender, it's probably a little bit easier to get 40-plus league starts. But for an attacking player, where you may be a little bit more prone to challenges and you maybe requires a little bit more energy, um, that's really impressive to find that consistency. And I think, you know, Northampton defensively have been really good all season, but I think Pinnock is the one consistent attacking performer because they lost Keon Tet. Uh, on loan, who's the, lo the, the lad they had on loan from Tottenham halfway through the season. And then Charles, I think, will probably say took a couple of months to kind of adjust to that. More recently, we've seen the likes of Louis Apire and Sam Hoskins and uh, the lad on loan from Leicester Epia uh, come into form. But Pinnock has been the one who's been good for them from start to finish, and that's the crucial thing. Yeah, and it's like when we lost the Tete back to Spurs, 
we didn't really know what to do. It was a bit a bit strange. We'd been playing with essentially Pinnock on one side, Sam Hoskins on the other, with a Tete down the middle, and it had worked, and it had been absolutely brilliant. I think the best game that the trio had was away at Tranmere back in November. Everything worked and was on a plate for them. A Tete went, we didn't really know what to do. We then had to shoehorn a couple of other players in. We made loads of January signings, mostly loans apart from Apare who came in. Um, and Pinnock ended up having to play either at a number 10 or even at one point he played central midfield. And yet, you know, so to your point of him playing 46 games, like every game of the season, it, it almost feels like he had to play. He's that good. You can't leave him out of our team. And I, I, I do think you're right. I do think that we're, We've been undersold this season. Nobody's really looked at us. We've been at an underdog. Um, our fans don't like you, Gav. Uh, <laughs> Is that why Ollie's in the middle? Yeah, we right. need to keep there. you to the <laughs> But, you know, he's, he's gone and done. As with the team, he's had a fantastic season compared to what we were all expecting. So it, it's brilliant to see he's up for this award. I just, uh, just on Northampton while we've... Um... Get your excuses in now. Is well, that what you're no, doing? No, you're defending you... yourself. Can't do it firing back here. <laughs> well, actually, I wanted to mention Liam Roberts. He's not made the shortlist, so I'm just kind of... Um, that I saw a one-handed save at Mansfield. Uh, I can't remember who, who had the shot in that game, but it was just literally astonishing. Showed incredible sort of agility to get across to his far post. And I think, yeah, he's a fantastic shot stopper. And I was like gobsmacked at that moment. So that was a big moment for me, although Northampton did end up losing that particular game. But um, why, why do you have to do this? <laughs> every, every time it's like, oh, some oh. Just drop that one in there. Um, let's talk Matty Stevens, shall we? I mean, we spoke about how Kane Wilson has developed under Edwards. I mean, he's another fine example of this, isn't he? Um, I mean, 23 goals, I think, for him this season, which is remarkable. I think that actually broke the record for goals in League Two for Forrest Green. How much have you enjoyed watching him this season? Um, Matty has been incredible. And from a supporter's point of view, it's, it's been great to see the journey he's been on because when, when we signed him a, a few seasons ago, he was brought in as Christian Deutsch's replacement, mm. the man who he's just gone to, to break his record. But you know, it's not been a great, you know, great, great journey at Forest Green for him because last season he completely fell out of favour under Mark Cooper. Went on loan to a struggling Stevenage side, mm. didn't get on well there at all. And you know, in interviews, Mark Cooper would publicly have a go at the attacking players, saying they're not scoring enough goals, and that just ruined his confidence completely. Whereas this season, it's been completely different. We've We've seen Rob Edwards come into the team, give him a, a new burst of life. And, and um, yeah, he's just, he's been scoring plenty of goals, had a great bond with, with supporters. And, you know, he, he did suffer an unfortunate ACL injury just mm -hmm. before the end of the season, which I'm adamant if that didn't happen, he would have won the golden boot. And we probably may have, you know, won the league with a bit more of a gap. But yeah, Matty Stevens, he's been on a great journey and hopefully he, his recovery is a quick one because he's a brilliant player and we're going to need him next year. Yeah, absolutely. Of course, we're wishing him a very speedy recovery. Um, and as you said, last season, it's almost hard to, to look back on uh, because it wasn't working out well for him or as he would have liked. But it does just show when a manager can instill that confidence in you, just how good that can be for your performances, isn't it, Gabe? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's where uh, Rob Edwards' man management qualities have really come to the fore. And he's experienced working with young players, got an excellent reputation at that level, which I think really is quite a big factor in why Watford decided to take that um, that punt on him. He's um, done, uh, he was 
coaching the England under-16s previously. Uh, he also did a bit of work with the under-20s, I think, as well, and then Wolves under-23s. So he's got that grounding and experience with working with young players. And I think his predecessor maybe struggled a little bit more with the man management aspect of it. So I think Edwards um, is, has a lot of potential as, as a coach, and I think Matt Stevens really reaped the benefit of that. Yeah, and there were stories of... Um you know, at a team hotel on, on away games that, you know, the, the team and Rob and his coaching staff would just sit there for hours after a meal t talking. And that's something that would never have happened under the previous manager. And I think the, the bonds that Rob Edwards has provided with supporters and with this team has, has been immense. And it's, it's, you know, a shame that it's all, it's all gone like that. But I think with, with Matty Stevens, his, his journey has, has been an incredible one. And if, if you're looking at um, players, you know, for Watford who may not have been involved this season, maybe youngsters, they can certainly go on to have a great season under Rob Edwards because his man management is second to, to none. And I think with, with a lot of the Forest Green team, even though he's just left, we've seen on Twitter from Matty Stevens himself, you know, uh, posting thank you to Rob and Richie Kyle for, for giving him a chance. And, you know, he's, he's, he's repaid that loyalty shown in him by, by the management staff. Ollie, you could always become a Watford fan. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like I'm he's okay, trying to you. do it, doesn't he? <laughs> I'm fine. He's thank thinking you. about it. <laughs> so six great nominations. We have to wrap up with the playoffs, though. I know you've got a dog in the fight. So Charles, Mansfield, Northampton and Swindon, mm. Port Vale. Playoff predictions, we'll start with you. Uh, well, we're going to win it, obviously. Yes, of course. <laughs> um, no, I, I think because obviously the disappointment that we had in the last game of the season, it took me probably about a week. We recorded a preview show with our fellow Mansfield fans from, from their podcast on Wednesday night and it was during that recording that I started to feel the screw sort of turning and I'd gone from being down in the dumps and miserable to being a bit more actually no isn't it better to win at Wembley so we're with it I mean we you know this will be our uh, I think it's our, our fourth or fifth trip to Wembley now uh, in the last 25 years in the playoffs we know what to do in terms of as a football club maybe different squads and everything like that. But we've tasted success at Wembley. We've, we've had heartache in ones that we don't mention. And I, I genuinely look at it and think there's already a bit of beef with, with Mansfield in the playoffs from 2003-04 when they beat us in the semi-final then. So revenge is on the cards for that. And then whichever of the clubs that we end up playing, whether it be Swindon or it be Port Vale, I mean, we've, we need to get Swindon back for the 5-2 humiliation that they caused us just before <laughs> Man City humiliated them back uh, a week later. Uh, and then uh, Port Vale, it's a bit of a weird one because I, 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 there's, there's a weird sort of, not beef between the two fans, but back when the pandemic all happened and the League 2 got stopped and it was all decided on PPG, it was us that went into the playoffs to win it that year leaving Port Vale 0.1 of a point per goal or point per game thing behind us in eighth. They all say that it was fine, that they were happy with just being in eighth position was great, but I think they'll be kind of wanting to get one up on us after that. So whatever happens, it, I think it's going to be a really good playoff campaign for, for all four teams, apart from Mansfield, because we're just going to stuff them. <laughs> Ollie, quickly, who are your two final teams and who's going to win the playoffs, do you think? 
for me, I think whoever is between Swindon and Port Vale for me. Oh, get out! <laughs> because um, you know Swindon did a double on us this season, and they play excellent football. Scott Lindsay, the assistant manager, used to be at Forest Green. They've got two former Forest Green goalkeepers as well, so I have to support them. And then Port Vale, a very difficult team to beat, in my opinion. So yeah, but if I had to pick one of those two, I think it would be Swindon. Gab. I think it'll be a Port Vale Mansfield final, and I think Mansfield are going to win it. Apologies, Charles. Oh. <laughs> I'm not, not so insane. <laughs> I think we better end it there before tensions run too high. Uh, Charles, Ollie, uh, Gav, lovely to have you company. Thank okay. you ever so much Thank for you. your insight Cheers. and Cheers. analysis. All the best for next season as well. Uh, so they've had their say. Remember, you can have yours as well. So you need to head over to 90min.com to vote for your PFA Virtue Motors fans player of the year support the podcast on patreon by joining the it's all cobblers to me fan club every month you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content such as our meet the staff series hear our player interviews before anyone else and be invited to regular meetups by joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.